Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with gay Shannon Burnett, president and co-founder of the Azubuki African American Council for the Arts in Davenport, and also with Jonathan Burnett, the program founder and creative director of the Urban Exposure Independent Film Project. So Gay and Jonathan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The two of you are spearheading the upcoming Urban Exposure Independent Film Project this summer, which teaches the fundamentals of filmmaking to young people in our community. And what a cool project this is. So tell our listeners what your program entails, if you can. Okay. So Urban Exposure um, is a 10-week summer film program, and uh, we teach basically the the beginning and the... Uh, introductory uh, skills of directing, screenwriting, editing, and cinematography. And we do that all in 10 weeks. Um, We have uh, classes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and they're normally three to four hour sessions. So what I try to do is I really try to uh, make it as if it's uh, film school or what we've called it before, um, the uh, first semester of film school crammed into like 10 weeks, so, um, or the first year rather. Um, but yeah, this is, that's what they all learn. They learn, like I said before, directing, screenwriting, editing, and cinematography all uh-huh. in 10 weeks. Well, that's awesome. And this, and this is, is it primarily for high school and college age uh, students or are there older participants as well? Um, yes. I mean, in the beginning years, we were trying to figure out what age range we want to stick with, but we were sticking with 17 to 21. So late high school, early college age, kind of mid college age as well. Um, but, you know, we also have other programs that include everybody. We have our acting for film workshop, and then we have our crew workshop. And when we shoot our short films, you know, anyone that wants to be a part of it, that wants to watch, um, can. So it's pretty much open to everybody, but the filmmaker program is only reserved for 17 to 21 years old. Mm-hmm. This sounds like such a great project, and it's a free program yes. that you're offering. Yes, it is. Uh, well, grant-funded. Well, yeah. oh, grant-funded. Grant right. yeah. Free for the participants, but yeah. there are a lot of people yeah. who are helping underwrite yeah. this. And we've had some really good funders like uh, the RME and with the Iowa uh, Arts Council, and we also had um, Doris and Victor Day Foundation last mm-hmm. year. So we've had good partners. Mm-hmm. And the Figgy. I, we always have to give them credit because they've been our partners from the beginning Mm -hmm. and so they've really supported us. So this kind of partnership is really essential to bringing this type of programming to our community. It is and I almost forgot you know Quad City Arts they have also funded this program specifically and they're good supporters of arts in the Quad Cities. You held your first meet and greet informational session last week but for those who missed it uh, or just hearing about it now, there are two additional sessions coming up on Friday, May 25th, uh, as well as on Friday, June 1st. Uh, and what happens at those sessions? Um, so basically, I just want to sit down and meet people that are interested, meet the young people that are interested in the program. And I give them an overview of the program. Uh, and then they we look through a handout just explaining kind of um, what we're about, uh, why we do what we do and then also what we learn. And after that, they fill out a questionnaire 
basically for me to get to know them. Just I want to know what they're into, like what they want to say, like how uh, how they even got interested in our program. And then uh, after that, we just I just let them go and say, like, hey, we'll be in contact. And and I always let them know that if they can't make the actual filmmaker program, we can do we can include them in the acting for film workshop we can have them on on set when we shoot we want them to be involved anyway even mm -hmm. if they're not the filmmakers mm -hmm. so there are many different opportunities yes for these people and they don't really have to come to that meet and greet session with anything prepared no and it's um that's held at bucktown um in the afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m yes mm -hmm. yeah Okay. And also, we invite the parents of the participants, especially the ones that are younger, and we even the older ones. We want them to understand what's going on, so we have that buy-in from the parents and ultimately the support. Mm -hmm. The applicants will be notified about acceptance in your program on June 4th, and how many people do you anticipate being chosen to be able to make their independent film? Well, we normally go off of um, the idea of, like, we want six filmmakers and um we are going to team each filmmaker in pairs of twos and then they will co-write their short film together and then once they you know once their script is greenlit um then one will be a director and the other will be a cinematographer and you know the roles will change like you know maybe on the second day of the shoot they'll just switch over because we want them to get the experience of using the camera as well as working with the actors. Mm -hmm. um, and then we will shoot three short films in one week. And that will be, I think, around this. I planned it for the sixth or seventh week of the program. How many years have you been doing this, Jonathan? Four years. Well, this is going to be year four. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And you have some special training in this. You just received your master's degree. Yes, I did. In film filmmaking? Yes. Yeah, and that's fantastic from one of the Southern California schools. Yes, uh, Loyola Marymount University. Yeah. Um, they're actually, I think, according to a Hollywood Reporter, ranked eighth in the nation right now for film schools. Yeah. So um, it was a great opportunity to be uh, accepted there and then also to, to learn uh, and to further my craft there. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations to, to you on that accomplishment. And Thank we're you. so grateful that you're coming back to our community and trying to help and instruct other young people, mentor them in filmmaking. So, so you'll be helping the students. Are there other instructors or other um, people along the way to help guide the, the, the students who are involved in this project? Yeah, so um, this year we actually decided to do um, things a little bit different. Like in the previous years, it was normally myself and then also uh, my uh, co-instructor, Jeremy Wernley, who's also a local filmmaker in the QC. Uh, we would teach everything together. Uh, but now, um, as the program is furthering along and it's getting a bit bigger, uh, I have um, I have four instructors, including myself, and uh, we all teach a different part of the um, of urban exposure. So myself, I teach, I'm head of film production, um, and I basically teach like directing, working with actors, and then also a little bit of producing, and then just understanding um, development, pre-production, production post, and uh, distribution. So I try to like teach the technical and business side and then also like the artourship of filmmaking. Uh, Jeremy Wernley is the head of screenwriting and he teaches everything screenwriting like you know screen format, telling a story, um, he'll throw in like three-act structure, things like that. 
um, Philip Kather. He's new to the program. Uh, he is the head of cinematography. Everything working with cameras, composition, rule of thirds, uh, really basics of cinematography. And then Elise Edens. Um, she was a volunteer year three, which was last summer, and she's everything post-production. So basically editing, sound editing, color grading, uh, all that stuff is is under her belt. So. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's a lot of experience there that you yes. really amassed to to oversee these these young people who are interested in film. And, and again, do, do for a student who might be thinking about coming to your meet and greet and hearing more about this, do they have to have any specific background or in film, or can they can can they just come in just being interested in the, in the in that form of art? Uh, itself. Well, normally, like in the previous years, we've had kids that just come in and say like, oh, I watch movies, so maybe I should, I can make a movie. So, I mean, which, which is fine. No, we, we don't, we don't expect anyone to have any experience whatsoever. What we expect is, is that they are dedicated, that Mm -hmm. they're committed and that they're passionate. And that's what we really want from them. Um, We're very flexible as far as like schedules. We know some kids have summer jobs and then like also 10 weeks is a lot of the, their summer. Mm-hmm. But um, as long as you are willing to do it and commit yourself, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So again, it's, it's a 10-week program, but the, the actual one-on-one is, I think, three-hour three, three hour sessions? Is that? Like- yeah. So, the, um, so they're three-hour sessions normally. Um, the Mondays are going to be four-hour sessions. Um, but like, yeah, they're normally three-hour sessions. And then it, we normally try to do a an hour of lecturing, and then the rest of the time is hands-on, actually practicing and applying. Because what I've learned throughout my uh, tenure of, uh, of filmmaking is that, you know, you have to do things hands-on. You gain the most experience actually doing it and actually working on sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at the end of the summer in late August, um, and I, I love this, after after all that hard work, after... Um, all the teaching and the prep, um, the participants get to premiere their films at the Figgy Art Museum uh, during the Alternating Currents Festival. And that's a fortunate partnership for you and exactly the type of collaboration that is really helping our community flourish as an artistic place of merit. Um, and Gay, you had mentioned the Figgy before. They really are a great partner. And what a beautiful theater to be able to show their films in. Oh, no, it's a beautiful theater, and last year we had so many people come to the premiere that it was really this fabulous red Mm -hmm. carpet moment for the participants. The Vicky has always provided our, you know, found, I guess, funding to help us with um, having the theater at no cost to ourselves and also providing a reception, too. Mm -hmm. And so they get this nice reception. They are in this beautiful theater, and all of their family and friends can come for free uh, because we don't charge for the premiere at all and just see what they've done. So they've, like I said, they've really been a good partner mm-hmm. in helping us. Well, I'm going to certainly try to make that this year. <laughs> this is this will be the second year for the Alternating Currents Festival mm-hmm. to, be, mm-hmm. to be hosted in Davenport. And this really, your project fits in so well with that. It's really a perfect match matchup. Um, Jonathan, how did you come up with the idea for this? Um, you know, it's it, there was a lot of things going on in my mind when I first started this. Um, first things first, I uh, I had just come back from uh, Algiers, Algeria, and um, and I was working on a French uh, Algerian co-production um, for about 
eight months. It was supposed to be a three month shoot, but it turned into eight months. And then, um, and you know, I, 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 when I came back to the quad cities, um, I worked like three different jobs and, um, none of them was film related. So, so I was looking for something for, for myself to do, like, you know, I wanted to do something that was film related, but then also, um, you know, I was also a substitute teacher and then I would substitute at all grade levels, um, from elementary on up to high school. And I don't know, I felt like that I wanted to do that, to do this program for them. Because when I told them what I did, I said, yeah, I'm, I do film. I'm a filmmaker. I've been here. I've been there. You know, you have a lot of, a lot of kids are coming up to me saying, oh, I want to edit. Like, uh, is there any, like, could you teach me how to do this? Or, oh, I want to work with camera. Can you teach me how to do this? And then of course, a lot of kids are saying, oh, I'm an actor. I can sing. I can dance, you know, all that type of stuff. But, um, but you know, I, I was, you know, hearing all these kids, um, these young people saying, um, that they wanted to do these things. I said, you know what, maybe, maybe I can like, you know, throw some pointers, give them some tips. Um, on different things and uh but then there were some kids that just said I want to tell a story I want to know I want people to know what I'm going through mm-hmm. I want people to know about my community I want people to know this that and the other and then I'm like okay let's make something so they can tell to get their voice out there because when they have their voice when they put their voice out there like it, it empowers them mm-hmm. and it gives them an opportunity to connect with other people that they didn't think they could connect with um, yeah, otherwise absolutely yeah. that's such a that's just such a beautiful way of coming around to it because there, you know, there's been such a rise in documentaries and, and we do have so many more ways to get our voice heard now, fortunately, but to, to really enable that for others is, is such a great thing. And, um, I think it's just fabulous that you're back in our community helping out with this. Glad Um, to be back. Yeah. And you, you grew up right here in Rock Island. Yes, I did. I watched a video that you produced about this urban exposure film project, and you described film or cinema as a vessel for truth and also as a vessel for understanding different cultures and ways of life. And that really resonated with me. I I love that analogy. Thank you. Thank you. No, I really do believe that um, that film is a it is, like I said, like a vessel for truth. And then it's also also um, uh, an empathy machine it really helps you connect with other people. Like when you watch a film um, from another country, you might not know the culture, you you probably don't know the language, but you understand the emotion that the people are portraying. You understand the lives that they live like, and, and it helps you connect with, mm-hmm. with other people. So that that's always a big belief for me. Yeah. Can you, um, when you, when you reflect back on the three years that you've already done this, can you, can you tell us about a particular film that was made by one of your students or another memorable experience just from the program, just, just running it in general and overseeing these, these younger people? I mean, each, each year is, um, is always amazing to me. Uh, I, cause, because just of the development and the growth that you see within the 10 weeks, because they come in knowing nothing basically. And then at the end of the 10 weeks, they gain, um, a new appreciation for film and filmmaking. And that's what always amazes me. But we've had so many interesting films that that have come through the past three years. Um, I think one film in particular uh, that was, that has always like caught my, caught my attention or I refer back to or think about was uh, a film, it was a two, it was like a two and a half minute, two minute piece uh, called Beauty and the Struggle. Um, 
and one of our young participants, um, uh, his name is Julian. Uh, he was a Rock Island grad as well, and um, he was one of the cases where he was a bit a bit older when we were still working with the age range. But he just he would had always volunteered for my mom uh, with uh, Sankofa, and then also with Ozambuki, and he was volunteering for Urban Exposure. And then we were just like, "Do you want to make a film?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can think of some things." <laughs> so like, and he's he's a poet. He's a great lyricist. So um, he wrote. He basically wrote a poem. And then we we uh, sat down and we came up with imagery to match that poet that match that poem and you know what it showed a different side of of the quad cities of Rock Island mm-hmm. that people may never see mm-hmm. and I think that's always one that stuck out in my head because he wanted to tell his side of the story. Yeah, who was the basketball player who won a who wrote a poem and won a. Um... Academy Award. Oh, Kobe. Uh, the, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just made me think of that. Um, yeah. And Julian actually had been in after-school programs that I was uh, worked in, when, and I met Julian when he was uh, in third grade. I even have videotapes of them holding up their, their masks that they made, so I've been knowing Julian a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it was easy for us, even though he was a little bit older, but we really knew who he was, mm-hmm. so that, that made it work. Yeah, that's great. Good film is, is powerful and it's moving, mm-hmm. uh, and the impression it makes on us can remain for decades later. And um, I heard you say somewhere, Jonathan, that an influential movie you watched with your father as an adolescent was The Bicycle Thief. Mm. Um, and I suppose that type of profound impression film can make on us was possibly behind your decision to make this as, into your career. It was. Path. Oh, sorry. Um, it, it was. It was, um, you know, there were a lot of films that I saw along the way, but I think... Um, I think the bicycle thief was a uh, was a was a big one for me um, because you know first of all like um, I'm a big fan of like Italian neorealism which was the the genre of that of that film and um, and it was made in the like 1940s or 50s or something. yeah it was po- post World War II Rome mm-hmm. um, and um, the thing about that film is it was a father son journey um, through um, <clears throat> through I mean lack of a better word, like through poverty at that time. Um, and uh, the, the thing about the film that really uh, that really stood out to me was how documentary-like it was, but it was very uh, narrative-based, uh, narrative narrative-driven. Um, and um, I think at the end where we see this hardworking man that is just trying to do right by his family become the same people that had, that put him in this situation that stole his bike and he turns out to be a thief and it, and then when the sun sees him it's like it just crush it just crushes the sun's you know um you know belief system because he saw his father as like this this superhero that's that's good storytelling mm-hmm. that is changing like you know make that's turning one character into a from like a hero into a villain that's like Mm -hmm. a big time character arc and that's why it stuck with me because it was great storytelling Mm -hmm. and you could feel the emotion in that film and no matter what type of art you you love and enjoy and filmmaking is certainly one of those that's that's i think why it resonates with us and why we we love it so much is because um because it does allow us to feel that that really profound deep emotion Mm. Yeah, well, this is a great collaboration for the two of you because uh, besides being somewhat kindred spirits, you happen to be mother and uh, and son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So does that help or hinder your relationship? And what's, what's that like to, to, to do this together? I'll let her start on this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it helps, I think, in some ways. But for the most part, because we've um, invested a lot of energy and resources into really helping Jonathan you know, achieve his dream because he has an undergraduate degree in film as well. And so he's been at this a while. I'm just really kind of um, proud of, you know, the man he's become, but also the filmmaker he's become and the way that he wants to give back to his community. I know that's something we stressed at home, but, you know, kids grow up and jobs become important. They don't have time and they have families. But Jonathan always makes sure that he, you know, figures out how to put that in the schedule to give back. Um, There's times, I mean, I know him, so I know where to tiptoe around (laughs) as far as when I want to get him to do something. (laughs) But um, I think the collaboration has been really good because he believes in this. He sees that Azambuki is not just a dream of mine to, you know, have it exist in the community, but it's a good tool, it's a good vehicle to actually, you know, provide things to our community. Absolutely. And so he, he, he you know, he has total buy-in with that. So whatever it is that he does and becomes as a filmmaker, I know he'll always keep us in mind and make sure that this organization, this community is okay. Mm-hmm. And and you'd mentioned, again, Azubuki, and uh, this Urban Exposure Film Project is kind of underneath that larger yes. umbrella. Yes. Um, and Azubuki is what you founded. Um, the name is, is unusual, um, and it means the past is your strength. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Well, I found it with uh, my co-founder, Joseph Ogleton, so... At that time, the you know, the collaboration between the two of us was real important to getting this off the ground. So yeah. yeah, but the past is our strength, and I think sometimes young people just see everything in the now, and they don't understand that they're actually standing on a, fa- a platform, a foundation that was built by other people for them to stand on. And there's a really good film called Standing on My Sister's Shoulders. And so we are essentially standing on each other's shoulders, mm-hmm. and we try to lift our our youth and our, our community up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there are many reasons why I love this story, but that's kind of at the core of it. And and Jonathan, I think you know, um, for you, it's 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 really it's really amazing to see someone your age. You've just completed your master's, doing getting involved in that giving back stage so early because I think oh, for a lot of us, we're so busy with our careers and our lives that we don't stop to reflect about how can we give back to our community, how can we help others until we're often older. And so it's it's just really fun for me to see you. Um, incorporating this into your daily life at, at this stage. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm actually glad that I started it um, when I started, like at a, at a young age, because then I feel like as long as I'm, I'm you know, going through my, my 30s and my 40s, and then just like hopefully it'll just keep growing with every every five years, every, every 10 years. And um, to start it now, I just see that it's going to have longevity rather than me starting it at, at 50 or like 55 or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always tell them, I said, you know, I'm 63 years old. How much longer do you think I can do this? <laughs> as long as you want. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, Gay Shannon Burnett and Jonathan Burnett, thank you so much for talking today. And best of luck with your upcoming film project this summer. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us here. Of course. 
Any person aged 17 to 21 who is interested in film should attend one of the two remaining meet and greet sessions to learn more about the Urban Exposure Independent Film Project. Applications will be available at both sessions, which will be held on Friday, May 25th, as well as on Friday, June 1st, from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Azubuki Center for the Arts. That's located on the first floor of the Bucktown Center in downtown Davenport at 225 East 2nd Street. And you can also email urbanexposurefilmmaker at gmail.com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Calhoun.